listening to Dangerous to Go Alone. My name's Jay Ray, and I'm slightly sunburned. <laughs> My name is Amanda, and I'm also slightly sunburned. We, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, guys. We never talk about what our fact is going to be to each other. We don't. And I always go first, so I feel bad, because like, like I made you chuckle there. Threw off your game. <laughs> I, I can make a new fact. Should I make a new fact? No, that was a great fact. Oh, okay. Because you are slightly sunburned. We are both slightly sunburned. She looks like a tomato. That's not true. That's true. That's very excessive. Uh, it's been a while. We've been busy. It's hard, but we're going to get on a schedule. We're, we're going to record on Mondays, which doesn't affect you guys, but we're going to proper put up the episodes on Wednesdays. That's the plan moving forward. If not, you can hold us accountable. Please do. Specifically me. Specifically either of us, because I can hold him accountable on your behalf, listeners. <laughs> um, but we are coming at you. From BrokenJars.xyz, Broken Jars Broadcasting, uh, where you can find a bunch of great shows. I think this is our first like official we know that we're on the website show. The last episode, we weren't sure yet. Oh. But we're here now. We are here. Right in your face. Part of the Broken Jars family. Yeah. Um, so give them a shout out. Hey, dudes. <laughs> um, and we, I, don't, I never do it on air, but why not? We're, we're just chit-chatting for a bit. But a uh, big thanks to bensounds.com for all of our great music uh, in the beginning and the end. I really like the banjo thing. Some people have criticized it, and then I've told those people to their face to go fuck themselves. Yeah, go fuck off. I love it. I think it's fucking great. It's so good. Everybody should shut up. I do have a third song, though, that no one's heard, and it's oh. for when we end a podcast angry. So if you hear that, you oh. know that we were... IRL angry man. Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, this episode, we're going back to our roots. And we're going to talk about Ghostbusters 2016 again. Now, having seen it. We watched it two... Opening weekend. Opening weekend. Yeah. I said that weird. So it was Um, now, yeah, a week. It's like a week and change. Ten days ago, something like that. So let's, let's just dive right in, in terms of how we felt. And I, if you feel comfortable, I'd like to pass it to you. Sure, yeah, I'd Great. love to start. Okay. Um, so both you and I went into this movie thinking that, hoping that we were going to like it. Mm. I think is is better than saying thinking that we were going to like it, though I do think we expected we would. Um, and I did walk away liking it. I felt good about this movie when I walked away from it. I did not think it was exceptional by any means, uh. but I had a good time. Felt it was a good time at the movies. Felt it. I felt that it felt. If that's cool. Um, Very like a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. I think Paul Feig did a really good job capturing the sort of Ghostbusters essence and Mm. creating another movie that maintained that sort of the same feeling that you got when watching 1984 Ghostbusters. Sure. So so I think that's pretty impressive to have, uh, have accomplished. So good for him. It's always hard, uh, and we've talked about it before, even with Uncharted and such, that uh, there's a franchise, and there's a history, and there's a fan base, and what are you going to do to cater to those people while still trying to do something that will bring more people on? It's a tough balance, um, but similarly, I think they pulled it off with Ghostbusters 2016. Um Part of my concern, I guess, going in was that some of the early reviews started happening. I mean, technically, we didn't see it till Sunday, which means that Fridays and Saturday reviews started coming in, and they were like pretty mixed. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know that just kind of gets in your head, and you can't you can't help but watch movies 
and ignore what you've heard about it already. You know, mm-hmm. I know a couple of my friends like total blackout media blackout for star wars episode seven. Oh yeah yeah and that's a pretty pure way to go in but on the other hand you've been waiting for this movie since like 2002 whatever you yeah know, you gotta watch it so same thing here it's like just too hard to ignore plus it was such an important part of why we wanted to start the show that like you're, you're still interested in what's happening in that whole social sphere yeah absolutely um, yeah, and it was, I mean, with so much controversy and everything, there was no point in hiding yourself from any of it because we've been swamped in it for a fucking year. And realistically, I mean, this movie wasn't supposed to be something particularly special. No, well, it was like a Ghostbusters movie after 30 years of not having a Ghostbusters movie, but that's about like as special as it is. You yeah, know? I think so. Um, it's only about as special as it feels. Yeah. I don't know if you want to start on the negative here. Okay. Why? What do you got? Well, like the, I'd say the things that I think made it a weaker movie as a standalone movie uh, are one, um, sort of not relying too much on the original, but definitely all the like all the cameos and all that sort of stuff I thought was really fun, mm. but it was too much, right. and I felt like it took away from this movie, and I just wanted to see these characters in their world, and I didn't want to have this moment of like applause for Annie Potts behind the right. clerk's desk in the hotel or whatever. I just didn't, you know. It was good to see her in right. one way, but in another way, I felt like there were just too many of those moments that I felt like kind of took away from the thing. I will say, five minutes and 37 seconds in, this is going to be a spoiler <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's okay. I'll name it as such. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's true. There's a spider on your table. Oh, he's kind of cute. Okay, I'll leave him alone. Let's leave him alone. Um, yeah, you know, so Simon Pegg was in episode seven. Just to bring it back to Star Wars, because sure. it's another movie that had this thing. But you don't know Simon Pegg was in it. I mean, they have the benefit of having aliens and stuff, mm-hmm. so you could dress them up. Sure. But um, that would have been nice if that's how these cameos were treated. Like, they were in them, but they don't take that beat for you to like. Yeah, there was like a beat with each and every one of them. Yeah. I mean, Bill Murray's was the most substantial and yeah. the least, like, beat-worthy, right. I think. Because he was, at, like, an actual substantial character, as yeah. opposed to and he was kind of shitty. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't really appreciate his character. I actually really appreciated his character. Oh, I wow! Disagreed. Controversy. Controversy. Expect that third music at the end of this episode. <laughs> no, I thought he was great. Well, I just thought it was great that, um, in light of all the Ghostbusters 2016 controversy over the past year, I sort of liked this um, him playing this figure who was like a foil to them, based on the fact that he thought they were stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Like he did. He he was like, "You guys aren't scientists." Ba 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 ba. Um, and he was the old Ghostbusters. Do you know what I mean? So sort of as like representing that sort of force uh-huh. in like a metaphorical sort of way of like, hey, ladies, you don't know what you're doing. Sure. And then the ladies being like, fuck, yeah, we do. And you're dead. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, how much of this? So there's a lot of references in this movie that like are like a creepy parallel to what had actually what had actually happened to the run up of the movie. Sure. Um Melissa McCarthy. Yep. She, uh, her and, uh, Kate McKinnon. Yes. Uh, Yates and Holtzman. Yes. Yates and Holtzman, um, are working at a kind of rinky dink community college type thing where Mm -hmm. they are doing their experiments when, um, Kristen Wiig's character, Gilbert, Gilbert shows up, uh, and then there's a bit where they like go through online reviews of a video they had posted after a ghost encounter. Right. I mean, it was like verbatim comments that were left 
in like this original trailer for the movie. Sure. So I wonder, like, was that a reshoot, or like, were they really foreseeing this kind of thing, or was that just general commentary on shitty internet people? I think probably all three of those things. Yeah, there's like a mix for, of... for the whole for the whole movie because I, Paul Feig has been he's this isn't his first rodeo, so he knows the hate he's going to get. I think so. I think he was able to anticipate some of that stuff for sure and want to include that. And then I think there's an amount that they might have gone back to make it a little more... Um, like a, mir- a better mirror into yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. And I also think it was just a commentary in general. And, to be fair, it's also a parallel to the original film of, like, nobody takes these people seriously. Well, that's the other thing, too. Which is just the truth, yeah. Because the comments that are shitty aren't about them being women who bust ghosts. It's right. just about the idea that they have to be Ghostbusters, right? Right. Um, it, it, right, and it like feels said, pointed. Yeah. I think. I think honestly, it more so feels this way because of all the stuff that happened. Then it actually Would is have. intentional, right? Right, right, yeah. right. If people weren't shitty about it, which, but like, also, like, of course, they were going to be, and I don't think Paul Feig didn't know that. But I don't know if he would have anticipated like what it that was that shitty, right? right? Because yeah. like, That's a good point. I'm pretty sure the statistics on the trailer is that it is the most downvoted movie trailer, like new release of movie trailer time? of all time. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That is fucked up. I mean, there are different ones for different, like, video game trailers and stuff. Why are but... people so mad at Ghostbusters? Yeah. I, I can't wrap I mean, my head around it. So and so the other thing we had talked about throughout the week um, while we were processing the flick was that it's really hard to get a nice vanilla opinion on the movie because the whole conversation has been tainted by both sides. Yeah. People who are pushing the agenda by, like, oh, it's like a woman movie. You have to watch it. And anybody who says anything about it is a misogynist. And then the actual misogynists were talking shit about it. So everybody in the middle, they're going to get pulled one way or the other. Someone's totally. going to call them a misogynist or someone's going to call them like a, a mean lady loving something or other. There was a phrase that you were trying to teach me the other day that we forgot. I forgot. For a man-hating feminist. Right. For Just, people who actually believe that women are better than men. Right. Yeah, I forget the word. I'm sorry. I would attribute this label to these ladies. Sure. Um... And that's true because then you look at these reviews and the same thing. You can't really help but like inadvertently add a slant to what they're saying, kind of giving them a point of view or like a base for their uh, review that maybe they're not actually implying. Right. But it just seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if I said it before we went into the movie or if it was one of the first things I said afterward. But I just I had like a like a sort of overwhelming sadness that no matter whether this movie was good, bad, or otherwise, it's been ruined. Yeah, you said that after. Yeah. <laughs> after. Yeah. yeah, like, I just feel like, you know, because because now we have to be here with whatever opinion we have of the movie standalone, if you could even have one, which right. you can't, especially considering the content of the movie like we were talking about. Um, it's just all like a fucking tainted mess. Like, right. the movie is ruined, no matter what. So, that made me really sad. Well, so let me. I was telling Amanda I wanted to do this before, but uh, so I'm looking at the critical responses of both films, right? I mean, the original Ghostbusters does super well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's at like 97. percent What's sure. important though to remember is that Rotten Tomatoes was created way after this movie. Way was released. later, right? So we're already looking at a fan base that is reviewing it from a standpoint of nostalgia. Yep. Um, there was a line here. That I want to read. Here we go. Murray is the film's comic mechanism, but nobody else has much in the way of material. And since there's almost no give and take among the three men, Murray's lines fall on dead air. Uh, that was in the New York Times. 
When the movie came out. Yeah. The original Ghostbusters. Yep. Yep. And then there's one more. Or no, rather, that was not from New York Times. That was from somebody named Pauline Kael. Uh, But in the New York Times, someone wrote, It's jokes, characters, and storyline are as wispy as the ghosts themselves and a good deal less substantial. Mm. So just to say that in this two-slash-three-paragraph summary of the critical response back from the 80s, half of it isn't great, right? Similarly, if we switch back to Ghostbusters 2016, some of the things that are said are... um, You know, some people are sad that it didn't shut up the bigoted naysayers. Mm. Um, Although infinitely more crowd-pleasing than the poisonous trolls had hoped, the new Ghostbusters is at best a qualified success. An often entertaining, generally likable, but also uneven affair. I mean, that's basically what you and I are saying. Yeah, that's kind of... I agree with that sentiment um, pretty much. And then similarly, there are things that where a lot of people are like, the rarest of big studio offerings, a movie that is a lot of enjoyable, disposable fun. Which is, I think, really what I they were going for. I think that's very true, for. also. They're not trying to do this, like, lore-heavy Ghostbusters mythos. Sure. Where, like, you know, <laughs> right. you know uh, the Ghostbusters begins or any nonsense like that, you know? Right. So I think what I had come to the conclusion of was that, like, people were putting the original Ghostbusters on this weird pedestal that it didn't necessarily belong on. Right. And were framing it and comparing it to this new Ghostbusters, forgetting the fact that the original Ghostbusters is, like, just fine. Right. It's not amazing. Not everybody loved it at first. Right. Um, and so much so that before this one came out, there were a butt ton of articles talking about how terrible Ghostbusters 2 is. Yep. And if that's the case, that means 50% of your movies in that franchise already aren't necessarily liked by the whole fan base. Yep. So why are you giving shit to this new one specifically, especially when no one's seen it yet? Yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you. Yeah. So it was just like this really weird thing. And obviously there was something going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's gender-based or just general asshole fanboyism, whatever, there was something going on that definitely unfairly skewed this movie, you know, to be rated as such. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember where 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 the article was from, but I saw a headline um, before the movie came out that the headline was something like, calm down, the original Ghostbusters isn't even that good. Yeah, right, which is totally accurate. (laughs) Which I think is totally accurate. I mean, people really love it, and I don't knock those people. I think they should love it or whatever, but if you really want to, like, take this movie and pick it apart, like anybody would of any movie anymore, it's not going to hold up the way that you want it to. It's not as funny as you think. It's not as, you know, all of that stuff. And again, you can love it. You can totally love it. There's plenty of old movies I really love that sometimes, you know, so far away from like they've become so iconic we talked about this right like i'm a huge fan of the wizard of oz i have wizard of oz everything yeah um and i love it it's my favorite movie of all time and i think it's great and obviously in 1939 it was also great yep so i'm not trying to take away from its greatness but it has become this thing that's the icon of it is in fact bigger than the thing itself right and i feel like ghostbusters has the same problem i mean jaws is the same way too though i think jaws personal opinion is a better movie than ghostbusters anyway the first Mm. jaws but even if it whatever the point is the like image of a shark in the dana dana is like so iconic it has completely overwhelmed those movies right you know and i think that it's true of ghostbusters it's just too it's too much of a icon yeah right to be like broken down into like an actual 
it doesn't stand up against itself yeah. and it doesn't need to, it, you know, like I'm right. not trying to claim that it should, but I think it needs to be known yeah. that the original Ghostbusters isn't as good as you're making it out to be right. world, not you specifically. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I have two points that I want to make, but first let me, so my first point, I'll just do some of the negatives I felt about the movie since that's the path that we're going on and then we can end it on all the positives. Yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> um, so there was too much, too much fan service. Too many bits where like the music was like the thing, you know, mm-hmm. where you know where we had to listen to it. The we bit, saw the logo for the first time. The bits about the logo were too long. I mean, if it was just the Kate McKinnon bit in the subway, mm-hmm. I would have been okay with that. But the weird Chris Hemsworth thing with the boob ghost, and uh, you know, not necessary. Um, too much science talk. Yeah. I I know they're scientists, but whoever wrote that script really tried to hammer home the science of the thing, which is nonsense anyways, because it's not a science thing. But they're, you know, chucking in all these big words, and I felt like a lot of the dialogue really got bogged down by saying things like, you know, proton accelerating whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah sure. ratioed shit, whatever. Yeah, and it was just like, you feel bad for, like, Kate McKinnon, yeah. because she was the scientist, like, the real, like, wacky scientist of the bunch, so she's saying that crazy shit all the time. Yeah, there was definitely a moment where she had a whole, like, big long line that had, like, eight thousand different yeah. made up crazy science words in it yeah and i was like this poor woman right do this take a thousand yeah. times and like that's what kind of like takes away from the fun of that moment by yeah. like trying to give it this too much like seriousness though i do want to say that i think part of that might come from a place that um is like the writers trying to prove these women's legitimacy as scientists i feel like male ghostbusters might not have had the same had to have proven it the same way but you feel they didn't need to prove it at all. No. Which is why you're not an asshole. So that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's why it works in the first one. It's like they just established that these people are scientists. Right. You don't have to prove it. I think it's harder for a 2016 audience to accept that these that four women are scientists. And, and Unless you make them say sciencey things and then everybody's like, oh, scientists. Yeah. I mean, I, I fall in the camp sometimes where I feel like if you draw attention to the thing, you, you hurt your case. Yeah, it's a good point, too. Um. I mean, because let me tell you, you know who doesn't seem like a scientist? Bill Murray. <laughs> At all in that movie. Yeah, it's true. You know, like it's he true. hasn't talked to his buddies in a long time, much like uh, Chris and Wig hadn't talked to her buddies. Right. They come back with this crazy shit where they got ghost catching apparatuses and stuff and he doesn't buy it, but Chris and Wig does, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and this is the whole time. He's so, so like cool guy about it, like too cool for ghost busting, yeah. which is what people like about it. But on the other hand... It's kind of like what's shitty about his character. Yeah, totally. Is that he himself doesn't buy into that world. So a lot of people like him because of that. And I feel the opposite. Yeah. Like it's kind of fun when uh, Gilbert mm-hmm. is like stoked that she sees a ghost. Yeah. And she gets the vomit and she's totally fine. And right. then she doesn't. she's not sad that she got fired anymore. Like she's all about it. Right. Um, you know, that's the kind of like positive excitement that I want. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see back then. And I didn't realize it at the time. Right. Um, did I have any more kind of not great things about it? In general, as a negative for me, I thought that the whole thing started off kind of slow. It, I feel like it took like almost a solid 30 minutes to kind of like find its footing. It's mm. how it felt to me. And, and But at that mark, then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about this. Uh, and that's, that's a, a long time. Yeah, not that long. <laughs> it was a two hour long movie. Yeah. You know, it's less than a third was of it? it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like 2.11 or something. But, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm looking at that really quick. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, same. I mean, we all talked about how like that first scene with Kristen Wiig in the uh, ghost haunted mansion or whatever is like pretty close to. I think it's a library where they go to the first time in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's pretty similar. And that happens, and then they have to find the firehouse, and they have to like Egon's got to show off all the gear. Like, it's very very similar beats. Um, but I think the science jargon slows it down. And ultimately speaking, again, because we've seen it. We all just want to get to the ghost part. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to see them take down ghosts. Totally. Um, yeah, uh, numbers. The movie was 116 minutes. Okay. So, so just, just under two hours. Yeah. Yep. So two hours. Um, as another a complaint I heard from a coworker today that I thought was also pretty valid, uh, so I want to make a point of it. I work in New York. My coworker has lived in New York for many years. She loves New York. And she was really irritated by this movie because it was shot in Boston. Yep. And it really bugged her the whole time. She could not get out of her own head about it where she was like don't make a movie that's like all about being set in new york as like a plot point of the movie and then shoot it in boston yeah i uh i mean so you're in new york every day yeah and i've been to new york a couple times (laughs) i don't want to brag i mean did it feel particularly non-new york to you it's so indoors you know yeah i mean i wasn't I wasn't that worried about it, but I also wasn't looking for it. And I also don't have the sort of New York pride that some New Yorkers might have. But it, Sure, I, but it's also a, a, an American movie, right? Yeah. So, like, just, so just you. Did you notice that? It didn't bother me. Yeah. But I, I think it's a fair point, only considering the fact that, especially the original Ghostbusters, is so New York. Yeah, like, the New second one like more so. Okay, well... Yeah. I feel like New York is like his own character in the Ghostbusters franchise. And so to have filmed it in Boston because of that seems particularly offensive. Yeah. But do I really care? No. But yeah. I just feel like it's worth bringing up because I thought it was a fair comment. Yeah. Fair note. Yeah. I mean, I would feel like that's split in hairs. I mean, they're, they're inside a lot. They right? are. Yeah, maybe if true. you feel like the subway scene doesn't feel like New York, maybe I'll give that to you. Yeah. But, like, the big battle ends in Times Square. Right. And, I mean, it doesn't not look like Times Square. That's true. Um, in the second Ghostbusters movie, they literally control the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember as much New York pride in the first one. Okay. Maybe we just think that because Bill Murray has so much New York pride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I thought um, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I they, might, they might use more real New York locations, but... I imagine there's going to be some, I don't know, it must be different today that you can't like blow up a hotel sure. in New York. You know, you got to make it up. Well, or it's just cheaper. Or yeah. There's a million reasons. But um, Okay, so positive things. Cricket, cricket. No, <laughs> I'm just nothing. kidding. No, I'm totally yeah. just kidding. I mean, well, for one, okay, well, I want to talk. Where do you want to start? Yeah. I have a ton of positive things. Because there's positive things about representation and all that stuff but yes to not make this seem like that's why the movie's good is because it's progressive i want to say why it's a legitimately good movie yeah let's start there that sounds great and the ghost busting is great i don't Ghostbusting I, is great i have no idea what people are talking about when they say it's bad graphics yeah like i've heard so many people say shitty cgi i mean yeah. that is like it's not avatar quality cgi because it doesn't need to be right it like makes 100 percent sense why it looks the way it does and it fits yep um Agree. Yeah, that final ghost-busting scene in Times Square, of which you speak, yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I'd watch some... it all day on a loop. I agree. Because <laughs> they do some, like, there's, 
there's like a beat in the first movie, right? Like, don't cross the streams. Right. People have been saying it forever, even if you don't know where it's from, but people say it. Um, and it's like a thing that you don't cross the streams of the proton pack. But aside from that, there's no moves that they do with these backpacks, right? They just right. shoot the thing, they wrangle the ghost down into the contraption, and they seal the deal, and they're done. Yeah, like a lasso or something. Right, yeah. which is kind of similar to how they take down that first ghost. And yeah. I will say, when I saw that, I got goosebumps. Mm. That's when I felt like, this is Ghostbusters, and this is what I wanted. Um, so probably about an hour in. Okay. Maybe less. Yeah, 45 minutes, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But um, at the very end, so, sorry, I got sprinkled in a little bit of negative. Okay. I think they introduced too many things in terms of gear. Oh, yeah. I a lot of weird that. side weapons and stuff like that. Like I thought all that stuff was kind of cool, though, also. Yeah, I mean... It didn't bog me down at all. I don't know that it enhanced it, but I, I did think a lot of it was cool. Well, it just, it just weirded me out because they go through all this trouble of saying all this science stuff for like the things we know about, mm-hmm. and then they introduce this new stuff, and they're like, oh, it's a Ghost Rider. Right. And I'm just like... But they use all that stuff in that final fight, too. I'd be more irritated if stuff came up that, like, didn't get used. Sure, but, like, why is it a Ghost Rider? What does that serve? Yeah, it's mildly funny. It just annoyed (laughs) me. I was like, well, just do the cool things with the things you've got. Or, like, make one new thing, you know, that they have to use. That's the clincher. It was just a lot to me. No, I thought it was all pretty great. So, agree to disagree. Okay. Um, I don't like it. Well, but, I mean, it was awesome. Melissa McCarthy used that sort of, like, grenade-type thing, and Holtzman... They all use grenades. Let's get that straight. Okay. They all have grenades. Whatever. Holtzman had those, like, side guns that she yeah. pulled out, and she's like, I forgot I had these toys. Right. Um, which was fun. And um, Patty had the ghost shredder. Yeah. I mean, Melissa McCarthy technically had the fist thing. That was her Oh, thing. the fist thing. Right. That was what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Yeah, cool. and they all use it during that scene. Yeah. Rightfully so. I know. And they were but- all cool. But like, so what's your problem? <laughs> but like, why did they all need their own thing? You know, it was just it was just weird. It just seemed like they all could have had this one new item if they all use the shotgun or if they all use the sidearms or whatever. That's boring. It's not boring because <laughs> okay. we all wanted just to see them use the same one weapon. So if they introduced a second weapon, that's already way better. But right. I just felt like it was a lot, and they just didn't explain why the benefit of using these smaller things over the big proton pack. Sure. It just, um, it, it, I think, actually, now that you say that, it's kind of interesting because it makes it seem more realistic in a way. And I think you'll agree with me when you say, like, the fighting in general was more interesting because they weren't just standing there, which is, I think, what you were getting at before when you were talking about the I original. was, but they did that with the proton packs. Kristen Wick has this right. great moment that starts it off for me where mm-hmm. she's got a ghost and she does a little barrel roll. Yeah. And she flips the ghost. Sure. With the proton pack. Yeah. Kate McKinnon's double gun thing mm-hmm. it does the same thing. But she just has two of them, and she uses them like whips. Also right. fine. Right. But it's the same concept. So why does Kristen Wick have a ghost shotgun later? And then what does it actually do to the ghost? It's just confusing. I yeah. just don't understand why. I mean, maybe it's just a product of 2016, right? Like, audiences in a summer blockbuster action movie expect more crap. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't bothered by it. That's all. I was bothered by it. Just to understand why it had to be a shotgun, right. why it had to be a punchy thing. I just want to make sure that people understand that I'm not being crazy. It just seemed like a lot. Okay. Okay, but during the fight scene, it was very good. Uh, They did do this thing that they kind of neutralized the Times Squareness of it all because the women are encased in this haze. Right. And it seems like the ghosts are coming out of it, which is probably some type of dimensional whatever. Um, And they're not trying to trap the ghosts. So what they do is they use these weapons and they kind of push the ghosts back into that mist. Mm Mm-hmm. 
which is fine. I don't I don't know if they were going back into their dimension. I guess it's not nothing that had to be explained. But by the end of their fight, there's no more ghosts around them immediately. So that's right. what that was. Um, but it was a very cool scene. I thought the graphics were cool. All the glowing and stuff was great. Um, yeah, I mean, that was supposed to be the highlight of the movie, and I think they accomplished it. I agree. Um, what did you think of Chris Hemsworth throughout the whole thing? You know, it's kind of funny. I've heard a lot of really mixed things about Chris Hemsworth from other people, like people who are just like, what a waste of space. We didn't need this person in this movie. Um, I've heard people say that he was the funniest part of the whole movie, which uh-huh. I think is a very interesting uh, statement, uh, especially because that's like, that's one joke. Right. He's stupid. He continues to be stupid. Right. Um, I felt fine about him. I mean, he seems kind of plot devicey, but I didn't have a problem with the fact that he was plot devicey. Right. We needed that plot device. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was, I mean, those bits were funny. I wouldn't say they were the funniest parts of the movie, but I do think those bits were funny. Um, you know, when he can't answer a phone and all that kind of stuff. Right. I really liked the bit where um, he, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, like, don't listen to what we're saying because they were going to talk about him and he covered his eyes. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really funny. And there's, oh, no, that's the other guy. There's another moment, too, I really liked um, where um, Melissa McCarthy is yelling at some scientist guy who's spelling science with a Y. And she's like... Oh, remember yeah. that guy? And she's like, yeah. it's really upsetting to me because I don't know that you don't know that that's right. wrong. <laughs> it's that, it was like the dean of the college you worked at. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Um, that was so funny. Yeah, I think Sorry. he was funny his first scene. Yeah. During the interview and stuff. Yep. And they probably should have toned it down after that. Um, him becoming the body of the bad guy at the end, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> was kind of like a parallel to what ends up happening with... Um, Rick Moranis. Rick right? Moranis' character and even uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. They right. kind of get overtaken by these ghost gods or whatever. So I understood why they did it. Um, yeah, he was in it a bit much. You know, his desire to be a Ghostbuster kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it really does. And I wish it didn't because I think that was actually pretty cute and funny. Yeah. And I liked that as like a like a thing that happened. Right. But it, it came too late. I agree. Yeah, he didn't seem interested in what they did before. Right. Yeah, and he just kind of like, I was meant for this. Right. But, but again, which is like a Rick Moranis thing. Right. Um, I think he spends the second movie in a uniform, like trying to catch up to the Ghostbusters all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, just a little too little, too late kind of thing. Yeah. And then there was a, another weird bit too, and I'm, hopefully you noticed it. But Chris Hemsworth, uh, as the bad guy, is controlling a bunch of like cops and soldiers. Oh, yeah. And has them pose in like a disco point. Mm-hmm. And then all, everybody's stuck that way. And then they have their encounter or whatever, and then they wake up on the ground. During the credits, you see that there was a whole dance sequence. And I just thought that was weird. Like... They were just frozen, but there was like definitely a dance sequence that they cut from the movie and then put in the credits. Yeah, I, I, I just thought there was going to be a little bit more to him controlling them. Like they weren't ever in danger per se. I mean, aside from like the ghost attacking New York. Well, they weren't really supposed to be in danger. I don't think they were just supposed to be stopped from stopping him. You know, uh, I think it was fine. I, the only reason it becomes weird is because we got to see that dance moment at the end. So yeah. then it's like, oh, that was there, and now it's not. But I don't think it seemed weird while I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't. And this is just me spitballing, so you'll you'll fight me on it, and that's totally fair. That I didn't see, because he had doodles or something of him like attacking New York as a big giant monster, right? Um, 
but I didn't really see his plan start to kind of go in any particular direction once it was underway. The ghosts come out. People right. run away. But no one's, like, in danger per se. Like, they weren't, like, they didn't have a particular goal. They were just kind of floating around. And he hung out in that hotel, which was the epicenter of this attack. But it's not like, I don't know. It's like we knew what his goal was, but he wasn't, like, really trying to do it at the end. He was just, like, hanging out. Okay, uh, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was a lot of danger at the end because they already took care of all the ghosts, so he's just there. And, like, what's he doing? Yeah, but then he becomes that thing. That big monster thing that looks like Stay Puft but isn't Stay Puft. Yeah, well, yeah, he was the Ghostbusters logo, which was also Right, right, like, the Ghostbusters great. logo, that's right. Yeah. I thought that was fine. Um, yeah, and so he does become that monster thing, so I don't know what you're saying that he's not doing. Yeah, I guess I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so short. Yeah. Because they spent a lot of time with, like, hanging out with him in that lobby. And he's, like, floating yeah, around messing like, with them. Yeah, because he's, like, you know, like villains do. He's waiting Talking, there yeah, for their, yeah, yeah. them to come so that he can turn into this thing sure, and squash Sure, well, just because it happens all the time doesn't mean I have to like it, Amanda. I'm, and just, I'm just saying. saying that he was, like, a, that big ghost for, like, two minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They thwarted him pretty quickly. Yeah. If that, so if that's your complaint, then that's a complaint to have. But yeah, well, because I, I forgot about it. So obviously it wasn't a very complaint. memorable bit. But it looked good. I think it was very memorable. Oh, agree to disagree. I mean, that's the end of that movie. You're completely ignoring, like, the final moment of that movie no because i remember them falling into the portal yeah um, which happens at, when they throw him in there yeah yeah so that's after so you're like forgetting that final fight do they throw him in there yeah they close it yeah, no they, no it's the it's the um sorry he doesn't go and uh, end up in, in there but that's yeah. not how the portal does the thing that it does it's because they throw the uh, car in there correct right right well that's why it's not like he was integral to like being beaten but i'm just saying they had to take him down and that's how they took him down so that's a final fight yeah I if you guess, don't like the fight fine. or whatever that's fine yeah that's what i'm saying i yeah, don't like the okay. fight because it was unmemorable to wow me. agree um, to disagree yeah i already said that so <laughs> Dibs. um no well i mean so there was a bit where you do see a stay puffed man yes as a that bit was awesome yeah i thought that was fun um so there's a bunch of big balloon scary. animals i yeah. think this mo- this movie too um had a few like genuine good horror moments and that's definitely one of them when the balloon animal things right the, yeah. from the parade or whatever are coming it was very creepy yeah. i really liked that i liked that about this movie that it had these sort of like creepy moments yeah like proper scary ghost proper stuff, scary right? ghost yeah. stuff yeah yeah I, again i still don't understand why people would say that the graphics of this movie are bad when like the other ghosts were literally like shot in a separate room and stupidly superimposed on top of like it's like yeah sure I don't get it yeah you know so walking away from this movie it was like a fun movie and you take it away you take away what you do from it as like a fun summer thing or whatever but there's just like a lot of like weird holes to me just like things that were like you know I don't understand how we got here you seem to really hate this movie on this podcast I hope you know that <laughs> well listen I gotta well because. Because it's a fun movie, yeah. but it's not like a it's not a great movie, right? So if you're not a great movie, there's problems with it. Sure. So there are just some. They're like so. I, I never even realized the Kevin thing until I was talking to you right now. Sure. That he just wanted to be a Ghostbuster all of a sudden. Right. It's hitting me right now. Yeah. Um. You know how for me to forget what was happening at the end of that movie when that's the best part of the movie, that means something to me also. Right. And I'm not saying I hate on it and. To so to get off this right because now you're trying to make me paint the bad guy and I don't like this man. I'm not trying to make like you the bad guy. I'm just saying anymore. that you seem to. There's very few things that you seem to be pulling out of this movie that you like. So I feel like you're realizing that you liked this movie less than you thought you liked it. 
No, I realize I like this movie as much as I did. I just didn't okay. realize all those reasons. Sure, okay. Because I walked away saying it was fine. I just didn't know why it wasn't connecting. And now I'm realizing that there were like, it just gotcha. jumps to me. Okay. Um, they did announce that they're going to do a sequel. It's nothing official, technically speaking. But I believe the president of Sony said that they planned for this movie to be part of their, like it's going to be a tentpole franchise moving forward is what they said. And that news was important to me. Mm-hmm. Because I think, one they won't do all the dumb stuff that I think they might have done here in terms of fan service try- stuff. Right. Yep, you know, I agree. So they could focus on the story. Totally. Um, and get past that whole origin thing. Right. I mean, it's just going to be a better movie. Right. I agree. Um, so that's well, why I, I hope so anyway. Yeah, right. Well, I think it has the potential to be a better movie right. just at the it, start. It yeah. can only fail if they mess it up. Right. <laughs> Which goes without saying. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's theirs to lose or something like that. Yeah. One of those phrases. Please, listeners, insert the correct one. Right. I gotcha. Um, okay, so shortly after this movie was released, um, people were still being assholes about it on the internet. Right. Including Leslie Jones, who is... Uh, she wasn't being an asshole. People were being assholes to her. Sorry, I thought I phrased it that way. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, what character, can you read her character's name, please? Patty Tolan. I don't need to read her character's name because she's badass and I know her fucking name. I forgot her name. Patty Tolan. It wasn't a very memorable movie. I mean, Um, we didn't really talk about any of these characters that much or these women. So you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Before we get into this. You lead us the way. You got the names in front of you. Yeah. I mean, I thought all these characters were really great. I think Melissa McCarthy and uh, Kristen Wiig as actors and their characters, Yates and Gilbert, were probably the weakest of the two you felt really you had like an emotional moment not like not like whatever but when they when she leaps in to the pit or whatever you had a a pretty emotional moment and i was like this is cheesy as fuck and i hate it Mm. so i did not feel that sort of like friendshipy stuff that they were wanting me to feel there i thought it was just cheesy um so i think in this movie kate mckinnon and leslie jones really shown as actors and I think Holtzman and and Patty were much more interesting characters. Mm. Which makes sense because, you know, Gilbert and Yates are sort of like the normal people, comparatively. You know, they're like the normal scientist people, I think. So sure, that sure. just makes them less interesting to me personally, and that's an opinion, obviously. But I, I felt like they were less interesting and less funny in general. Okay. I think Kate McKinnon knocked it out of the park. I think she was hilarious. If anything, she stole the movie a little bit too much. Um, but I also think Leslie Jones was really, really funny. And, I, and I'm just happy for them because Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig don't need more like credit to their names. But Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon are only pretty much exclusively known for their work on SNL. So I hope this you know, pushes them into other comedies that we will see over the next five to ten years or whatever. I hope they're in them because they're very funny and they deserve to be in hmm. big budget comedy movies. So, yeah, that's okay. those are my feels about those characters and those actors. Yeah, I probably would go not quite the other way, but I don't agree with everything. Sure. I think um, Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig had to be the glue of that team. Mm-hmm. And I think... It wasn't great the whole time, but by the end of that movie, I felt like they did it. Because they're the ones who came up with the whole thing about ghosts. Wrote um, the book, yep. Right. I mean, really, the parallel there is um, is Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were the straight people, so they definitely had less funny things. But 
I definitely thought, yeah, I thought they were fine. I thought they were funny. Um, they were funny. I'm not, this isn't to say that they weren't funny. Oh, that sounds like you're saying that. <laughs> they just um, were less funny, I think, yeah. than the other two. That's all. Yeah. Kate McKinnon, I thought, I liked her for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I liked her in bits. But there are other times I just didn't understand why she was so weird. And they don't have to explain it. It's fine. But there's just a point where, like, okay, can we talk about it or no? Right. And we didn't talk about it. I thought that was delightful. I was glad we didn't talk about it. I could tell. Yeah, I loved it. She's been gushing so about it. She's hysterical. Week. She's just so funny. She's, like, she's like eating those fucking Pringles. Like I just like I lost my shit. Lost my shit. No, listen. She <laughs> when she is, not only does she eat one Pringle, it's like another shot of her continuing to eat Pringles. <laughs> no, she is on. the funniest. In terms of who has the best funny moments, she does. Yeah. Right, but in terms of like, did we need to cut to her moments? She also has those too. Like I didn't need to see a lot of her reaction shots, but but she was really great at making wha- wacky faces. Sure. And that's nothing against her, but I think everybody saw her character was going to be a hit, so they leaned on it a bit too much. That I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I still s- loved it, but I do think that's fair. See, why do you got to say that? Of course you loved it. I, I did. Love I it. just let you talk about it. I know. Let Sorry. Me, let me have my bit here. I'm excited. I know. I could tell. Leslie Jones did perfect. She did exactly what her character was supposed to do. I don't think she was portrayed poorly i think i i half wish we touched a little bit on why she was a fucking encyclopedia of the entirety of new york city yeah um but less than i wish why it seemed like kate mckinnon had like a brain tumor in her head that was causing her to be a fucking whack job (laughs) sure um she did really great she was very funny when she was supposed to be funny and she was like she helped drive the plot when she needed to Mm -hmm. i didn't really badass when she needed to be too yeah some badass shit. Yeah. Um, in terms of yeah, so everybody did well, and I don't blame Kate McKinnon for what it was. I blame Paul. Yeah. And everybody put that movie together, who like let all that weight on her shoulders. Right. Um, I think she got last credit out of all four ladies during the ending scene. Did she? Yeah, I think it was, was it like. Alphabetical. Oh, maybe. That's a good point. I believe it is. But, like, it definitely ends oh, with... Oh, no, sh- Kristen Wiig is out yeah. last episode. No, so it definitely ended with her, like, with the double guns, like, whatever. Which is cool. But, like, you could just already tell that that was kind of a concept that the filmmakers went in going through there. Sure. I mean, in terms of other people, like I said, I don't think Bill Murray's character was that great. Yeah. If anything, too, maybe, again, because it was Bill Murray, they leaned on it too much. Um, I think Andy Garcia's the mayor. Oh, yeah. Was okay. He wasn't as good as the mayor in the first Ghostbusters, only because Andy Garcia was a little bit more of a caricature mm. than like the original mayor. And similarly to Cecilia Strong, who I think is a really funny lady, was also like a bit too like, you know, Trainwreck, her friend in Trainwreck. Yep. They they're very similar characters to me. Okay. They're like really like fake smiley like putting up appearances even though they're like catty characters um yeah 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 i mean i guess I know what you're yeah i mean i guess so that was my problem was that like i almost feel like they didn't have enough too oh yeah i was like sick of seeing them. i was sick like, of seeing them too but it, oh. she came back at the end like at their <laughs> dinner table and i was like get out of here yeah. this isn't for you yeah yeah i guess that's true but in a way i feel like maybe they just weren't developed enough and that's why i was sick of seeing them because i was yeah. like who are these people i don't know why they're right. here right right uh, they seemed unnecessary, I guess. So maybe if there was more to to them, they'd be more necessary. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know why like it had to be Andy Garcia, but 
I don't know, just just a lot of odd choices, I guess, in terms of like the supporting cast. Sure. Um, also, the delivery guy was very funny. I loved all those moments about the wonton. He was funny. Well, that's the thing too. Like, well, and maybe it's just me not being super familiar with Middle Eastern slash Indian actors. Sure. But he was very funny. Don't know who the hell he was. What's his name? Karin Sony. Great. Don't know him. Did an awesome job. I'll click on him. Uh, the dude who played the villain. Oh, he was in Deadpool. Safety not guaranteed. Oh, he was and the, the cab Goosebumps driver. Movie. We didn't see Goosebumps, but I saw Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah he's the cab driver. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Derpinder? Yep, Derpinder. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, he was great. Um, so that's where he is. I had no idea who the villain was. He did okay. Yeah, I didn't know him either. Yeah, never Oh, yeah, him. we didn't even talk about that. I mean, if we're going to get into like a whole feminist thing here, too. I thought it was awesome to have the threat to society be this like overlooked... Yeah, you've been Boring pitching this. Yeah, you've been telling me this story for weeks. I've been telling this story for my whole life. Yeah, not I don't, just buy, about this I don't movie. buy into it. That's fine, um, but I do, and I think it's awesome. That, you like, you want to say it? Yeah, well, I already said it. That your villain is this is um, you know that quiet white guy who got picked on in high school and nobody liked, and he was overlooked, and he thinks he deserves something because he's a white guy, and so he lashes out at women. But it's like a parallel, right, to like today's society. Yeah, I mean, that's all, just... Not all, but a lot of people who commit terrible things nowadays are these underlooked dudes. Right, like, there are always, like, these sort of sob stories about, the, you know... You, you know, you hear stories about, like, always white dudes who whose girlfriend didn't put out a prom, so they killed her. Shit like that. I've never heard that story. Oh, yeah, that just happened in California, like, a couple months ago. Okay, well, you certainly don't always hear it. It sounds like you heard about it the week Whatever, ago. Whatever, like... Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it, too, and it, this is partially why I wanted to do it, but the conversations that Amanda and I have, which is also reasons why we have trouble doing the podcast, is because we talk all the goddamn time. Sure. Uh, is that because I'm a dude, and Amanda says a lot of things to me that feel like blanket statements about dudeness that I don't feel true about myself, and I fall into this terrible trap of like trying to defend all dudes when I really shouldn't, because a lot of dudes are terrible. But I guess I always wish the conversation was more about how people are terrible, but that's not the reality of it. The reality is dudes are generally a little bit more terrible than some women. And At least right now. Right, and like it's worth today. talking about. But it's just <laughs> always hard for me to sit here. So right. we're going to have these conversations, and she's going to say stuff, and I'm going to sound stupid trying to defend this asshole rapist in California who <laughs> killed his prom date or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's just hard to hear that like the dude is always – because at some point, as a dude, I would have felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And not for nothing, too, but we're, we're on a but fucking geek podcast, <laughs> sure. and we're talking about all these people, and yeah, yeah, yeah. more less less than half of them, I think, is a pretty generous number to say that they're not going to participate in these types of activities that, you know, that blanket concept of always the underlooked white dude right. is going to, you know, fit into. Sure. So, and not for nothing, too, but there's also a parallel, there's, like, a pretty obvious, like, flow in terms of, yeah, someone with, like, problems is probably going to do something problematic. Sure. Um, and I guess maybe generalizing it in terms of them being like underlooked and nerdy or whatever is feels the wrong way of trained to overlooked. Yeah. Underlooked. I don't know where they're looking. I don't know who's looking at where. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard. It's hard for me, but maybe I should just shut up. I should just let you control that part of the conversation. You should just keep blaming it on white dudes because it seems to be exclusively a white dude problem. I know, but my mom's white, Amanda, and she's looking <laughs> she's at me. She's not a white dude. She's I, a white lady. I understand that, but I feel like a white dude <laughs> is my point. I'm, I've never – I mean I was Wait. asked my ethnicity at work. I said – I said American. <laughs> That's what I said. They're like, where are you from? America. And yeah. they were trying to get more information. And I was like, I don't even leave this country. Going to Canada would feel weird. 
Sure. Um, so it's I'm hard. just saying you're not an overlooked white dude because you don't. The problem with this character and mm-hmm. with characters like this Thank that you for I, bringing it that back. I, That's my fault. Yeah. That I enjoy right. is that they feel that they deserve something, right? So they, they're overlooked and they're mad that they're overlooked. The non white people of this country are, they're not okay with being overlooked, but they know that's their lot in life to be overlooked. You know what I mean? So they're angry about it in a different way. That And and if you're brown or black and overlooked, you have a right to be angry about it because you're being passed up for some white person who didn't deserve whatever the fuck they got. Yeah, but it's not like you'd be okay with this movie if a black dude who was a bellhop at a hotel tried to open a dimension to the ghost world to take over the planet. No, but I'm just glad that this... Like, would you be in Times Square being like, (laughs) yeah, you're right, man. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying this movie made a choice to make this person the villain, and this person is a... 40-year-old virgin or whatever, this, like, white guy, which I have to say I didn't appreciate that line. Let me right. throw that out there, too. I thought that was a step too far. That was um, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy, yeah. She's said, a little said he was a virgin. Um, or was that her? Or was that her? That, that was, was her. in the movie? It was her. Well, she said... She says it in the movie, too, but she, she said, said it in an interview in also. In an interview that also. That 40-year-old right. virgins who live in their mom's basement are commenting yeah, on the video. Yeah, and I didn't appreciate that because I feel like that's a step too far. But, but yeah, anyway point is i appreciated that that person was the villain here because i do think in 2016 that's who our villain is that's all well because to be so i I don't know i'm gonna take it a little far so you rein me back in when you feel like you need to um but i think the thing about him is he doesn't so he's a white dude right obviously but he doesn't feel like he's a white dude because he's not saying white people are overlooked he's saying personally he feels overlooked because of the things he's done in his life so we could put a parallel that to that in terms of like nerdy people, right? Who sure. have been kind of shied away from mainstream stuff and have been f- made to feel like outcasts in such a way. So it's not a, it's not for them knowingly a ethnicity thing, right? Sure. Because there are also people who like that stuff who are maybe double looked down on because they like My Little Pony and they're black, right? Right. So it's like a lot going against them, but. You wonder how, yeah, just, it's just, I guess, the blanket statement of, like, him being the white dude. Like, that's not, but you'd say that's his problem. He's a white guy and he feels entitled. Right. Well, the problem, the problem is that he feels entitled. I suppose it doesn't matter if he's white or whatever color. His problem is his entitlement. But the truth of society today, I think, is white people feel more entitled and shit's being taken away from white people systematically. Like, my mom wants to go off about how affirmative action shouldn't happen because they should just take the best students. And if the best students happen to be white, then they should take them. Right. And not account for the fact that the whole system completely fucked black people from the beginning. Right. So so that's the thing. So, so there's some white people, <laughs> especially yeah. white men, who are being attacked from both sides, from black people and from women, who are taking their jobs right. and taking their education and all the stuff that they think is owed to them just because they exist. Not because they worked hard for it necessarily. You know what I mean? So that that's all I think about this character. So it... You know, you could make it about his nerdness, you can make it about whatever, but the well, point is... Well, he's not a nerd, also. I don't know what the hell he's into. Sure. But he's very meek. Right. Yeah. But the point is, this person's gone a step too far, right? So they were overlooked, and they became a murderer. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, we can talk but about overlooked people though. all you so want. So why can't we just talk about overlooked people? But it's because he's a white dude is what's important, right? Like, you're saying because that. I, because I think that helps fuel the reason why he's a murderer. You know what I mean? Like, I because... because 
because white dudes feel owed something in this country. Right. I mean, there's a white friend of ours uh, who I won't call out on this podcast, but who I've I've talked about this before, but who once talked about like having to deal with a certain amount of his own rage when it, he sort of it came to his own personal realization that he wasn't going to just get things. Mm. And he just always I don't know, his whole life he just got things. So all right. of a sudden he got to a point where he was an adult human being and he was like, "Well, what the fuck?" Right. I didn't get these things that I just thought would just be here. Right. And then he realized he had to work for them and everything and he's a good person. But like, <laughs> you know, and I don't think it yeah. might be more of a class thing. Maybe it's a class thing. I don't know. You know, I mean, white people are rich, right? But white people are rich, right? Exactly. So. All right. I, it's just always really hard for me not to have a counterpoint for someone who makes a blanket statement about like all things, because it's obviously not true inherently. Which like I think there, is is fair. There's outliers and stuff, but it's so it's difficult for me to sit here and listen to you say the things that you're saying, even though they're not inherently wrong. But it's just like obviously you're you're talking about people who don't fit that demographic, who are being put right, in that group. There are plenty of good right. overlooked white people. Right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and listen, planet, and not for nothing too, right? Who but didn't we could have anybody. well, we could have a like. We I'm could not have, giving them any medals for could, it. <laughs> that's totally fine. They're not asking for it. They're just not telling you to call them shitheads. Okay. Because, you know, women. You know, and black people and Spanish people and whatever can do all the protests and all that kind of stuff that they want to, but obviously they're not the ones who make the decisions. So you need some white people on your side. I just can't see how it's going to be beneficial to calling all white people shitheads all the time <laughs> when they're the only ones who are allowed to vote, basically. You know? Yeah. So I think it's worth cradling the balls a bit. That's it. That's all I'm saying. What, did, what did you do the other day? Shut up. Okay. All right. I made a not obscene gesture, and she told me to shut up. So it was a little that's her, obscene. That's her whiteness Viewers. controlling my body. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking about race and assholes, mm. Leslie Jones was on Twitter. She just just being on Twitter. That's it. She, she was on Twitter, and she was in Ghostbusters. Twitter. Right. She happened to be in the film Ghostbusters, and the a, most hated film of 2016. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people were being dickheads to her specifically, saying really fucking terrible racist things. Very racist. Uh, specifically, there was an individual who I'll pull up right now, uh, who is very closely tied, actually, to the GamerGate problem. Of fucking course he is. Um, his name. Also, of course, he's a he. I didn't know that, yeah. but I could make can an I assumption. Say, can I say the thing? His <laughs> name. He's a conservative writer named Milo. Unipololos. You try to read that. It looks. Mm. Uh, oh, I'm I not going to say. I'm not going to say that this name, but yeah. Y i a n n o p o u l o s. Um. So he's been. So he was kind of like one of the. He's like, he has a huge account. He's known to be like a big asshole, internet troll, all that jazz. Um, and he was one of the first people to like get on this bandwagon and like really start harassing poor Leslie Jones. Right. Uh, eventually she actually got off Twitter. I don't know if she ever came back, but she, she took a break from Twitter. Um, Twitter has suspended this guy permanently. Yep. So obviously whatever they can do to find any new account that he creates, but every time he'll be on Twitter, he'll be suspended. Well, and this, let's, you know, it's not his first offense or whatever either. That's true. Right. Um, I mean, really, but they should do this sooner. Yeah, no, I a thousand million percent agree. But for anybody who thinks free speech or nonsense, let me tell you right now, this isn't the first time this guy was being a douchebag. Right. Uh, Twitter responded, people should be able to express diverse opinions and beliefs on Twitter, but no one deserves to be subjected and targeted to abuse online. And our rules prohibit inciting or engaging in the targeted abuse or harassment of others. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the moment I saw this story, because I'm a bitter lady, I the first thing I thought was, where the fuck was this during Gamergate? Right. People's fucking lives were being threatened. People were being threatened with obscene violence. And nobody was suspended for shit. Do you think it was um, like a profile thing? Like Leslie Jones is Leslie Jones. She was in like the highest grossing film of that weekend or whatever, and it's going to be a big blockbuster hit probably. Maybe. Race As opposed to these, is also like... very sensitive at this very second. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it was a race thing, so maybe that's why. I mean, the woman thing is always a thing, but it's not well, like I it was a particular thing. I wonder, too, if they're like thing. indie devs. Yeah. There's only a handful of people that might know of them by name anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, now we all know, like, Zoe Quinn and Jet and stuff. And Sarkeesian. Yeah. Um, that's because of Gamergate. It's true. But I think a lot of people know Leslie Jones. I mean, they would have known her name for the past couple of years anyways, because she's been on Saturday Night Live. Sure. Um... So I'm wondering if there's like a profile thing here. Yeah. But like you said, race is obviously very topical right now. So right. that kind yeah, of shit flying around is not good. It's all that stuff together. But I, I do hope my secondary thought after I was bitter was I hope they continue to just suspend people who are being, you know, who are. Because it's one thing to be like, hey, Leslie Jones, I hated your movie. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which is, I mean, the prerogative of everyone. And I think that's that sort of okay. Like, I'm not trying to suspend people for their opinions, right. even if they're mean. Um. But there's an, a level of harassment that I think... Because even, like, one comment of, like, Hey, Leslie Jones, you're fat, is not nice. But it's one comment, and it's one whatever, and it's, you know... Yeah, I mean, a lot of people started, like, reaching out to her, obviously, with positive comments after this started happening. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's hard, because it's the mean stuff that hits you. Yeah, you were saying course. something before we went on air about, um, you know, negative reviews. Actually, do you want to talk a little bit about that article you'd read? Uh, sure. I mean, yeah, just as a quick recap, a a friend of mine shared on Facebook an article that, um, was talking about how ratings of movies and TV shows online has gotten very skewed because, and they, they were specifically talking about Ghostbusters, um, because a number of men statistically based on these, these stats went on and rated this movie a lot more negatively than all of the women who rated it. And then they recited some other TV shows that starred women that were rated negatively, more negatively by men than they were by women by a substantial, like noticeable number. I think the difference in the Ghostbusters, the average for men was like a three and the average for women was like a seven, almost eight, Mm. um, which is a big difference. And about five times as many men voted than Mm. women period. So the, this article is just about how the um, numbers are getting skewed by this kind of by this kind of stuff. I'm not sure why you wanted me to tie this in. Well, because oh, yeah, go ahead. Right. Well, because so there. I mean, well, one, there's not five times more men on the planet than women, right. so there's a reason why women aren't, you know, reviewing and stuff like that. So, or it's, rather, it, there's a reason men are. Right. Whichever way you want to sure, say it, I'm sure, not sure. sure. Well, um, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, men are bigger assholes, I guess, right? That's what we always take away. I mean, um, this article was at least trying to claim that men were going out of their way to rate this movie poorly just because it had women in it, which is something they can't prove. But right. it is what this article was claiming. Right. Um, but I was going to say, so I had a friend who worked at Starbucks, and he was told like during one of his first days that like five out of ten customers uh, well, who had a bad day will tell you about it. As opposed to like two and ten, um, we'll tell you that they had a good day. Okay, you know, um, so there's obviously definitely an inclination to talk about stuff you don't like more than stuff you do like. Yeah, and then given the context of the conversation that's been around Ghostbusters, 
I mean, it's just unfortunate to know that there seem to be more dudes who are assholes. Because like you said, if there's a hint that they're going out of their way to make sure that they're saying bad things about Ghostbusters, I mean, hopefully they'd seen it. So they could bring the numbers up. Probably not, yeah. I mean, actually, that article, all of those numbers were based before the movie was even released. Right, yeah. In that particular article. Yeah. Um, And something like that, too. Like, you feel like review sites shouldn't even acknowledge any reviews that take place before. Well, some people do see it. Like, see early screeners Yeah, but even so, then fucking wait. Yeah, You know, I mean, because that's a handful of people. Yeah, good point. Even if it's only, even if it's a couple hundred, that's still not, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean... I don't. I don't know why they're doing that. It's tough, and I don't know why they'd go either way. Like I don't know what they think they're gonna, what purpose they'd serve by doing that. Yeah. You know? I, the other thing too, I said to J. Ray earlier is the thing about this movie. Also, I, I'm here to say, yeah, this movie was okay. I, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I had a good time at the movie theater, or whatever. But um, but I will go to this to the mat for this movie time and time again now, just because there's so many dudes who are going to the mat for this movie in a in a negative sense. So all, I'm happy to jump in and fight them because there's no reason for this movie to have the kind of hate it has. It's true. Perhaps it's not a great movie, but like nobody got mad about whatever. I don't know. What was not a great movie that came out recently? Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. <laughs> we saw Secret Life of Pets, guys. It was fine. It was a it was fine movie. But there's no reason for anybody to come out swinging that this is like the worst thing to ever happen to America. Um, so... So anyway, so I'm going to, so that's the thing I think that's unfortunate about this whole thing is like now I have to go to the mat for this fucking thing that I don't even like necessarily believe in that hard um, because there's a billion dudes who just want to say that women can't do shit. Right. <laughs> now I have to do this. So, but I'm happy to do it. That's my lot in life because cause women deserve to be in movies and just because one movie with women in it didn't do as good as you thought it was going to do. It doesn't mean that women don't belong in film. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, that's what keeps happening. This is the unfortunate thing that happens in studios, right? So, like, the reason why I really needed Ghostbusters to do well, and hopefully it did well enough, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. We'll see. Is, like, for ten more years, there's going to be fucking white dudes in suits who are the heads of these companies saying, well, you know, Ghostbusters didn't really do that well. So we don't think that women should be in this movie either because that didn't really sell, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's something to say, though, about things like this. Like, for example, a lot of people were, like, citing the success of Episode 7 and being like, look, minority lead, female lead. Yep. Okay, but it's Star Wars also. Right. Right. So same thing like this with Ghostbusters, good or bad, whatever people take away from it. Right. Like, you can't ignore what it is right so it's an all-female ghostbusters um did it do well because it's ghostbusters are people talking shit about it because it's ghostbusters Mm. you know like there's a lot of like skewed things because we're talking about a franchise right um and we talk about this all the time in terms of like video game characters and comic book characters and all kind of shit it's a really tricky thing to get a proper read on because it's all going to be skewed because we're talking about 30 years of Right. You know, who knows what. Right, because people were going to show up at Star Wars anyway. I mean, I think that's the thing, too, about about Star Wars and why Star Wars could get away with that. Because it's sort of low risk to put a woman and a black guy in this movie because people are going to go see Star Wars anyway. Right. So, 
And then hopefully, if we do enough of these like low risk things that big studios are going to let you get away with, it'll prove to big studios over time that you could do something new. That that people aren't mad at a woman and a black guy. Right. (laughs) Apparently, Um, they're mad at black women, but I don't know. I will say there was a. I don't remember. Oh, here it is. Her name is Comic Book Girl Nineteen. Okay. Um, she posted a video called "Why Being Honest About Ghostbusters Is Important." So I checked out this video, kind of on a whim. I don't know why. It was suggested or whatever. And um, she, like, came from this Ghostbusters fanboy place where she really didn't like the movie for a bunch of different reasons. Some were valid. Some didn't seem that valid. Um, And then she defended this other dude, whose name I definitely don't remember. Um, His name is, like, Raphael or some shit. Anyways, he posted a video way before Ghostbusters ever came out saying that he's not going to do a review of Ghostbusters, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that guy. He's loved Ghostbusters too much for too long, and, you know, he's not going to give this movie the dignity or whatever, the credit it deserves by reviewing it. A week later, this motherfucker posts a video for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, Enter the Shadow, or whatever those stupid second one's called. Right. <laughs> and it's like, how can you, or why would you put weight of your fandom in this one thing and disregard it for another thing. You're going to go out of your way to watch this movie that a lot of people already talk shit about for like really valid reasons. Right. Um, and then try to, and then because the problem with his not review of Ghostbusters was he literally posted a video saying my not review of Ghostbusters. Right. And listed a bunch of reasons why he wouldn't review it. And none of them were, I hate women. <laughs> Those were not the words he used. Right. <laughs> but obviously that's the tone. And then, so this, this girl here, who tries to um, not defend him, but say, you know, he had valid points and maybe he had valid points sprinkled in. I'm but, sure he did. Yeah. I'll give him the benefit right. of the doubt on that. I'm sure he had some valid points. But she pitches it that he, uh, he did not have any of those like weird misogynistic tones, but like, that's not true either. Right. Like obviously the, the answer is always in the gray. Right. Um, but I just thought it was weird and I don't know, maybe it was some social media thing where she's attaching herself to another bigger name and it kind of helps the synergy of everybody's brands going up in terms of her, this YouTuber defending this other YouTuber. Right. Um, but I bring her up because not every woman obviously is going to go to the mat. Right. Oh, that's very true. Which is a wrestling mat. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Amanda's going to wrestle people. I'm going to wrestle people, bitches. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. So so what does that mean? What do you think? What's the takeaway from there? Is that more women should just kind of stick up for this thing because of, like you said, the long term? Or people like me, maybe, who have some negative comments about this movie, should I just not say anything? No, I think it's... I mean, we're doing this podcast right now, and I brought up some things I didn't like about this movie, and you brought up things... Maybe more than I did that you didn't like about this movie. I was going to say because you yelled at me about it. Now you're reminding me now. I think I liked it less than you. Um, But I don't think it's a problem to be honest about the movie. But I also think we need to make sure that when we're talking about something that we need to be aware of its social context. And make sure that we're not... Like if she brings up valid points in this video, then I think that's great. I think it's totally fine to have an opinion about why you don't like this movie. Um, I think everybody needs to assess all the reasons they didn't like it and make sure none of those reasons are sexist. Right. You know? And it's it's very possible that they are. Sure. <laughs> you know? So, that's all. But I can't tell women what to do. I mean, like you said before, all people are fucking assholes. Right. Women voted for Mitt Romney and women are going to vote for Donald Trump. Right. Two people who are going to systematically strip women of their rights. 
I can't tell women what to do. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. You right, know, right. The last election, my dad. <laughs> this is like one of my favorite stories about my dad. But he called me, like furious and honestly, like practically in tears. And my dad doesn't cry. Yeah. Um, and he was like, Amanda, why are women voting for Mitt Romney? Because uh-huh. he like took a like I don't know some excessive number of women voters in fucking Kansas or some fucking place. Right. And. Um, and I was like, Dad, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about these women who, like, don't want to stick up for women. Right. But, like, they don't, and I can't tell them to, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I have to live in a world with them. So I hope that people like you, and I know that you are a good person who does do this, like, wants to stick up for women, too. And I feel like you would, and actually you did. There were several times before this movie came out that you went to the mat for this movie before having even seen it. Right. With some douchebag dudes who were trying to tell you it was going to be trash. Because of no reasons at all. Right. You know, and you were like, well, dude, you can't have no reasons, you know? Right. And again, I mean, I've suggested this movie. I'll walk away suggesting this movie because, again, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. But I guess, too, and this is the wrong side of me because it's always the side of me that's this, the devil's advocate is never a positive thing to say, right? (laughs) Um, But it has things. I feel like we should talk about the things that aren't so great in the movie so that they can be fixed in the next one. Yeah. I hope that we just don't jump around the fucking plot because you want to get to a point. Um, so I hope we can say that now about this movie without seeming like too big an asshole so that the next movie could be better. Yeah, and I think that's reasonable. I mean, it's the same. It's it's even the same as what we talked about when you did our first episode, right? That Paul Feig, even though he's doing a good job with what he's doing, doesn't mean that he can be free of criticism right. about things he could be doing better. Right. And this falls into the same category because right. he could just be a better filmmaker having right. nothing to do with representation or any of that other stuff that he's right. great at. Right. You can criticize his filmmaking because he's a filmmaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't write the movie, I don't think, also. I, I don't say. believe so. I believe a woman wrote the movie. But, um, you know, yeah. if the fault, fault is in the script, then let's blame her right. if that's who it was. And if it's in the editing or whatever, blame the editor and him. Because right. he has a say in that. Right. So, and, and you're, you can totally criticize those things. It's not like you can't criticize it just because it's this thing, but I think you also need to, like, you know. It, it's hard. I don't want to say that you can just, like, be like, well, this is only an okay thing, but it happens to have women in it, so I want to, like, boost it. But there's a way in which, like, you have to, or you'll never get the great things with women in it either. You know, because this is what I'm saying. Like, it's a sort of like thing that people don't see in terms of the behind the scenes, whatever. That if this movie did, and I see, I don't think it's going to help that much. I don't know that it's going to hurt because it did well enough. Hmm. But if it had like done amazing, like Jurassic World, amazing, sure. that would have been a big win for women in movies in the future. Yeah, I mean, well, and we've had this conversation before too. But like, I just want something good, and if it's good, I'll fucking tell everybody about it. Right. So if Ghostbusters was great then I wouldn't have had to say half the things I said about it today. Sure. But it wasn't great. Right. It was pretty good. Agree. But I still have to boost the movie. All right. And I'd go see it again just so I could have more money. I'd see it again too. Because I then I could ignore all the things I didn't like about <laughs> it and just enjoy the fun parts. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that was another episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. Um, follow us on Tumblr that we update ever so often. Amanda accidentally posted her grilled cheese sandwich on our danger. Did I? They did. Uh, your oh first post gosh. was on yours. And the second one, like your finished product, was on. I might not have been sober. Okay, that's that fair. Uh, we'll check out 
D2GA. I don't know how Tumblr URLs go. Is it username.tumblr.com? Or is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So d2ga.tumblr.com. Uh, we post some stuff there when I remember. When Amanda remembers. Check out our grilled cheese sandwich. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at DangerAlonePod. Um, and I think you can email us now at DangerAlone at BrokenJars.xyz. And um, we'll get your user feedback and we'll incorporate it into the next show. So this is coming out on Wednesday. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Because we're on a schedule. Yeah, we're, we're professional. We're so professional. We're doing great. <laughs> That's it. See you next week. Bye.